Hi, I'm Michael Pearl and uh, I'm painting uh, some illustrations to go in my wife's book, Yell and Tell. Sarah Sue learns to yell and tell, having to do about, I don't know, 15 or 20 of these. Here's one I just finished. We photograph them, put them in the computer, and then touch them up a little bit and format it, put the text in it, and you got a bunch of helpers that do all that. So Jared's followed me in here to answer Bible questions for you today. So uh, I haven't heard any of these questions. Uh, you've called them in and Jared's recorded them. And so he's going to play them for me and then I'm gonna try to give you an answer. So I hope you don't have any really tricky ones today, Jared. Hi, my name is Sam and my husband is John and we're in Texas in San Antonio. Our question is this, what help or instruction does God offer in his word for dealing with friends who are homosexuals? One of our dearest friends has chosen to live a lesbian lifestyle. When we read about Jesus associating with and ministering to the sinners while on earth, it never mentions him associating with homosexuals. Is it sinful as a Christian for us to love her and associate with her when in the Bible the sins of sexual perversion are always followed by God's worst judgment? When the Bible speaks of fornication, it includes all forms of sexual impurity and sin. So homosexuality be included. In now, the Bible does address homosexuality in Romans chapter 1. He speaks of uh, men with men working that which is unseemly, and he speaks of uh, women leaving the natural use of the woman and burning in their lust one toward another. So he speaks very clearly of homosexuality in Romans chapter 1, and he said that the people who do such things are worthy of death. Not only are those worthy of death who do it, he said, but so are those who have pleasure in them that do it. In other words, someone who is not a homosexual but... Uh, would find pleasure in voyeurism, in viewing homosexual activity, or in uh, movies about homosexuals, or vicariously indulging in the thoughts of homosexuality, would be equally worthy of death. Now, there's not, there's not three hells. In other words, there's not hell number one, hell number two, and hell number three. The Bible said all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. It says adulterers will, will not inherit the kingdom of God, and fornicators won't, homosexuals won't. So God sees all sin as the same. In other words, all sin separates from God and all of us have some kind of sin. Now that's not to minimize homosexuality. The Bible says there in Romans chapter 1 that those who, com who commit those things, who uh, he said men with men, he said they don't like to retain God in their knowledge, wherefore God gives them over to a reprobate mind to work on those things that are unclean. And uh, so there is a danger in certain sins, particularly homosexuality, of coming to a place of what he calls reprobacy. That is a state where the heart is hardened and uh, it cannot be softened and cannot be brought to God again. Now, that's not to say that that's the case with all homosexuals. It's just that, that, that homosexuality and uh, group sex and uh, uh, bestiality and other forms of perversion and, and sexual immorality that sort of thing will bring a person to the place to where God will give them up. But uh, the first act doesn't result in God giving them up. But at some point down the road, that's where it leads to. Now, how do you relate to someone who is a homosexual? Relate to them like you do any other sinner. In other words, you, you treat them with respect as a human being. You treat them with uh, compassion. But uh, you don't normalize their sin by by accepting their lifestyle into the circle of your culture. In other words, if you were to uh, adopt a homosexual couple into a Bible study and uh, greet them 
as if they were um, part of the family and uh, not, not show every time you meet them your sadness for their state of affairs, then that would be wrong. The same would be true with a couple living in adultery. If you have a, a couple that's not married and don't profess a, uh, uh, a common law marriage, in other words, they're, they're not uh, making a profession of being a couple, but they're simply living in fornication, and uh, they want to be part of your church fellowship group or part of your Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, you treat them as if they are a married couple, then you normalize that sin. So what you'll want to do if a person is, is uh, a dopehead, a liar, a thief, an adulterer, homosexual, murderer, it, when a person is living in open sin, it's, Christians just can't fellowship with them. The Bible said, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. He said, what fellowship hath light with darkness? And so we cannot, we cannot, it's not that we shouldn't, it's that we cannot fellowship with a person who's living in sin. Uh, that doesn't mean that we take every moment that we have with them to condemn them or anything like that, but it, there should be a certain amount of sadness when we, when we see them expressing their sin. A couple comes around together, we should say, it really grieves me to see you guys like this. I know you're living in sin. You're living contrary to the laws of nature. You're living contrary to the laws of God. And uh, it saddens me to, to know that if you die, you will be going to hell. You won't be going to heaven. And I'd sure like to see you repent and come to God and have your life restored to normalcy. Now, I know that'll be offensive to them, but uh, it's offensive to righteousness for them to exist in that lifestyle. It's offensive to God for them to take nature, what God created, and turn it into something perverted. And so for me to, to act differently than how God would act, now, of course, Jesus died for them, and we should be willing to, to go the extra mile to offer them a chance of forgiveness. And I've seen that take place. I, I remember one time in a Bible study I was teaching, there was a girl there was a lesbian, and I mean, she was hardcore dyke. She was not some kind of bisexual doll. She was, uh, she was straight down the line lesbian, uh, walked like a man, talked like a man, and uh, thought like a man, I guess. And she came into one of our Bible studies and sat there, and I was teaching uh, uh, the Word of God, and about halfway through, I saw that hardened countenance change into uh, hurt into loneliness, into a need. And as I began to explain Jesus' death and resurrection for her and his forgiveness and how that she could be made new, and I wasn't speaking directly to her, but I was speaking to the audience in general, how he could be made new and transformed to have uh, peace and, and wholeness once again, I saw that the message clicked with her. And before the message was over with, uh, she'd believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And she was born again. She was saved. And uh, and God took away her desire for that immorality. Within a year, she was married to a guy. And uh, they've had children and uh, lived a good, she's lived a good straight life. And uh, people who know her today would never guess that she used to be a queer. Now, I remember another time there was a group of uh, queers living together, a groupie type thing, a couple girls and a guy. And uh, I went and shared the gospel with them. And two of them, two of the threesome was saved. And uh, they went on, one of them went on to be a missionary, one of them went on to serve in a, a ministry capacity for the rest of their life for many, many years. 
The other one stayed uh, a lesbian. She, she didn't want Christ. So preach the gospel. Share Jesus. Uh, have compassion. Don't uh, get uppity, haughty, bigoty. Uh, don't get uh, judgmental, but judge. The Bible says judge righteous judgment. Judge as you'd want to be judged. If I were caught up in pornography and homosexuality, I'd want somebody to come to me and say, man, you are dooming yourself. I want somebody to come to me and say, you're in trouble. I want somebody to come to me and say, there's help and I'm willing to help. And uh, so that's what I want to do for anybody else. And that's what you'll need to do for your friends that get off into this immorality. If you would like to ask a Bible question, email us at biblequestions at nogreaterjoy.org or call at 931-805-4820.